Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. All right, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that Ewan McGregor, Ming-Na Wen, and Carrie Fisher are all getting their stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, time. We uh, the, still need one for Hayden, though. Yeah, I think he's going to get one eventually after the Darth Vader series is going to drop here. That's what I think. Yeah, the way that the Hollywood Walk of Fame works, the way I understand it, I hope it still works this way because I read a big article on it. You're invited to have a star, but I think you have to pay about $25,000 to get it. So once you pay the fee, then you get put into... Uh, the upcoming queue of people that want it. A lot of people have turned it down. I can't think off the top of my head the famous celebrities that have turned it down, but it does happen. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that everyone from Star Wars that accepted, accepted. I'm super excited to see that class go in and to see the videos later on YouTube because you can totally go on YouTube and watch the ceremonies. I've done it for Mark Hamill, who was the yeah. most recent, I think. And Harrison Ford showed up. George Lucas showed up. They gave really short speeches. They were entertaining. So I suggest you go to YouTube and watch them. Easily findable. But yeah, Ming-Na Wen. I mean, you think about her credentials. She's been Mulan. Uh, she was she was Chung Lee <laughs> in, in Street Fighter <laughs> in live action. And of course, she was in the Joy Luck Club. And now she's a really huge character in Star Wars. And what we've seen in The Bad Batch, uh, Fennec Shand uh, and book of boba fett coming up too yeah i'm excited to watch those videos because i don't think i'll be there in person but it would be cool to be there in california when that happens but oh for uh oh oh, for the yeah for you and when yeah it looks like tamira morrison is talking and he's talking a lot and it's funny because at the beginning of his interviews he'll say i can't say much but he starts saying stuff, and then at the very end, he'll kind of give us like a little nugget. So he talked about the fact that it was great filming with Robert Rodriguez, but he said that there were multiple episodes that he directed. So that kind of tells us that other directors were used for the Book of Boba Fett. And we don't have that list yet. But Yeah, I, I was going to say, do, do we actually know the number of how many episodes that there's going to be? I don't think we have a finite number. Um, okay. Matt, I guess if you could verify that, I think it's so, going to be, uh, as my cat walks in front of my camera once again, um, I think the <laughs> <laughs> for those, uh, listening on, on podcasts, I just flung my cat onto my bed. She's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but I'm looking like I'm on Wikipedia right now because that's like one of my go-tos for information on Star Wars. Um, of course. And it doesn't say any specific numbers. Yeah, it's going to be six or eight, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's really it's really not giving me anything. So I am hoping that um, uh, because of something that I've noticed with these new projects is like they like start out to be super long. And then, you know, as the episodes like come out they get shorter and shorter and that's what happened with bad batch that's what kind of happened with the mandalorian 
So hopefully um, we like get, you know, decently long episodes with the Book of Boba Fett because there probably isn't going to be a season two. If there is, I'll, I mean, th- th- that would be great, but we'll have to see. I'm seeing David's face and he's like, <laughs> I think there's going to be a season two. Okay. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a huge success. And with these rumors I'm going to talk about at the very end of the episode, I think there's a whole lot of potential for a season two. Okay. I agree. Um, but I think that, you know, if a story was to continue, it would go back into, you know, the third season of The Mandalorian um, uh, uh, because of I, I'm OK with another season of, of the Book of Boba Fett because of we'll be seeing old and new characters, which is fantastic. But I'm also like really curious on how they're going to fit that into the schedule with especially next year. Um, because it's going to be, it's going to be crazy guys. Like that's going to be the year of star Wars. Like right now, you know, people are freaking out from that new trailer of Shang-Chi and legend of 10 rings where we see abomination of Wong. Think about next year when, the, when we see a trailer at the end of this year, when we see the trailer of Kenobi and we see, you know, Anakin come back and Obi-Wan and possibly Ahsoka. Like it's, it, it's, it's going to be nuts for 2022 for star Wars. Uh, and I'm just curious of what the roster is going to be like and, and what the roster is going to be like in 2023 um, uh, because of we know some of the projects uh, and I just don't want if, – if it feels like the story like ends in season, you know, in, in this season of the Book of Boba Fett, then I'm curious, you know, if they're just going to be like, oh, hey, you know what? This did good. Let's just add more story to it when there really isn't no more story. So I'm going to be very curious on how they do that. Yeah, the Mandalorian is, or actually, Book of Boba Fett is being referred to as the Mandalorian season two point five. Okay, so that tells us a lot of stuff, and just the fact that they're talking about it that way. I mean, we're probably going to see characters from the Mandalorian, and that's what's being speculated on. It's being rumored upon. So, I don't think us waiting for the Mandalorian is going to be that bad because we're going to kind of get Mandalorian type stuff this Christmas. I know that John Favreau, he did an interview with good morning America and he, he, he clarified that he wanted the audience to make sure that he, that they knew that the shows were in fact, two separate shows that had uh, interlining uh, plot points that like may intertwine with each other. But he wanted, I think he, he wanted to make it important that people knew that they were separate. The, and the right. fact that people are calling it uh, season two point five, he, he obviously heard them, and he's like, "I want you to know that it, they're not the same show; they're on completely separate uh, basises. And even though they may have interlining plot points and it points some even the same characters that, that may show up in either one, um, but he wanted to just incentivize and make sure that everyone knew that they were separate. And I just I don't know what that means for the shows. I I think that. There, you know, with every show, there's a, a specific type of artistic um, uh, way that they'll go with things. Like with the Mandalorian, it seems like there's, there's this Western feel to it a lot of the time. And uh, with the Book of Boba Fett, we might see it go in a different direction, you know, artistically uh, in terms of like the way that they film it. You know, the the strategies that they use to uh, relay different character development. And I just I think that's all dependent upon the directors. And as we talked about with Rodriguez. Um, he has had similar workings with uh, other uh, directors in the series of like the Mandalorian and their, their, the style that they direct. And I, as I say, it's different for every director and how they uh, move within the show. And I think it's important that uh, we realize that they are separate 
they are being uh, portrayed in the same universe, obviously, with same plot points, but they're different in the ways that they're produced, the ways that they're uh, delivered to the audiences. And I think that, like with Colin was said, he said that he would more than be welcome to the idea of a season two of Book of Buffett or, or there further on. I just want, I don't want the plot of Book of Boba Fett to be milked too much to where the point where you're just watching subpar Star Wars. And the way, the, what I mean by right. that is that if you're watching a, if you like watch like the revenge of uh, the Sith and you watch like the extended edition and then there's the ultimate extended edition and those, they just like include different plot points from like the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff yeah. like that, you know? And I just, I just think that it's important that we know that they are separate, that they have some similarities, but they will. If you're expecting it to be like the Mandalorian, you're probably going to be disappointed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, because of I will add to to what you're saying, Matt is is that there's going to be people watching this that are going to be like, oh my gosh, like it's season three of the Mandalorian when it's it it's going to be its own thing, and um and that might dr- might draw people away because. They'll be like, "Where's Baby Yoda? Where's Grogu?" Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, and it makes sense why John Favreau wanted to make it clear that these shows are going to be its own thing, but they will be connected in the end, where there's going to be like a big climax, like of of this giant battle, and that's great, that's fine. But people got to understand that this is not season three of The Mandalorian, so you will not see Grogu and Mando, you know, walking around and in the background, you know. Um, uh, at uh, at Boba Fett's palace, when Max Rebo is on the piano with his band, it's not going to happen. So I'm pretty sure he's retired at this point. No, nope. <laughs> I think it's Boba Fett and Mandalorian are a lot like Clone Wars and Bad Batch, where they're set in the same like direct timeline. universe yeah. and timeline, and they coincide with each other, but they're mm-hmm. still two separate projects. Correct. Agreed. Even though, even though Bad Batch feels like you know season eight of of the Clone Wars, kind of exactly <laughs> at the beginning and of every episode, they say Clone Wars, Bad Batch. I'm like, they're yeah. not okay. Well, yeah, they're very they're very similar. I think that Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian are going to be more separated than the Bad Batch and the Clone Wars. Be shut up, because they're yeah. so they're so similar, Bad Batch and Clone Wars, and the way that the animation style. And a lot of the the character development, and even the like, uh, just the the what's the word I'm thinking of the the soundtrack in the background. It's a lot. Of, they they reuse a lot of. Uh, well, it's so music. so okay. Now I I, I know we're kind of contradicting ourselves, <laughs> but I think um, uh, I I think the Bad Batch is a very special like um, um, it's okay. So. The like same people that made that show made Clone Wars. Like it's Dave Filoni, the p- person who did the same music is, yeah, is Kiner. So we are contradicting ourselves in that particular <laughs> thing. No, I, I'm saying that anything. You know, I'm saying that I, Book I, of Boba Fett and Mandalorian are going to be are, far more so separate than the Clone Wars. And you're like, man, he's, okay. he's just digging himself a hole. I'm not doing it. Like thing that Matt just said, but I'm. Um, I'm just, uh but yeah so no um uh besides bad batch and clone wars like kenobi mando all those shows are it's its own thing now bad batch is like a sequel to the clone wars like a like a direct sequel it takes you know 
you know the very end of the clone wars and just shows it to the to a different all um to a different point of view um and that's what it is but with mando and book of Boba fett we're telling these individual stories where it's not a continuous like it's not like you know hey you know like directly after mando this is exactly what's happening it's going on the adventures of 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 Boba and Fennec Shan and stuff. And that's why they had Fennec Shan in the Bad Batch. So people could get more hyped about her being like exploring her character more in the book of Boba Fett. But yeah. Yep. All yeah. Right. I disagree. I think we're seeing everyone. We're gonna, <laughs> I, think, I, I think we're seeing Luke, Grogu, what? All, all the, all the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. We're getting everyone in the mom. Luke Skywalker is going to bust up yeah. in there and blow Bosk some boys up. son. We're gonna get Omega. I mean, we're gonna get everyone. We're gonna get grown up Omega. She's like yeah. full on mercenary, missing an eye or something. <laughs> Cyborg Omega. Yeah. So I think yeah, we're gonna get everyone. That's just my opinion. Mace Windu. That uh, maybe uh, not that far, but yeah. That that one youngling that was like Master Skywalker. There's too many of them. That guy's still around. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, I saw a picture of the actor that played that boy in Hayden Christensen recently, and I was like, get away, run, run, run. <laughs> um, I think, I, okay, I, I, I think this would be fun, but I think we should come up um, uh, with, um, uh, with some type of, like, pool of where we make bets on who's going to show up in the book of Boba Fett. Um, I don't have money. Well, not actual <laughs> money. Not actual You'll money. You'll put up your Star Wars memorabilia as collateral. Like, Ooh. no. no. <laughs> um, uh, but, like, we could have some type of event, and uh, and then the person, you know, who gets the most, gets a shot on the podcast or something like that, like, who gets the most characters right or something. Because if David thinks uh, everyone's going to show up, so. Yeah, I think everyone's showing up. Okay. Jabba, well, I think everyone's showing up. Okay. Well, if you guess everyone, you Jabba can't the be Hutt wrong. Son, that someone. that yeah. is a possibility. Stinky. That's a possibility. Stinky, Stinky. could yeah. totally show up. Yeah. So there's a lot of pictures being taken on the set of Obi Wan Kenobi, and of mm. course, we know that Indira Varma, I believe that's the way you pronounce her name, Correct. she was spotted in a certain uniform. I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but of course. We all know in the history of Star Wars, people can wear certain uniforms that they're not affiliated to. So I'm going to put it up on the screen here. If you don't want to be spoiled, just uh, skip through this. But uh, here is her wearing, I believe, the black robes that they stick on the actors so that they hide from paparazzi and people take. They did not hide very well. Just like no. yeah, <laughs> which I am about to show you. I mean, they were very like. No, nonchalant with they, hiding yeah. what they look they like. They like so, just walked out in there. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna so, say, try hiding that because that's not working very well. <laughs> yeah, she maybe should have taken the hat off, yeah. or maybe she's like throwing us off the scent. So, I don't know. Okay, so and something I've noticed about this imperial costume is that you can kind of tell that it's in the early stages of like like it being a full imperial officer costume because if it mm-hmm. doesn't have that flap, like like the imperial officers. Uniforms don't have that flap normally, yeah. um, uh, and I believe that is that is like a Rogue One TK because of that like knee pad thing right there is mm. not the ones that we see in the New Hope. So yeah. who okay. is, that? is that? That is like one of the first. Is that Joel Egerton. Or that looks that? like Ray Park in a TK. It is just a <laughs> okay. random guy in a TK. <laughs> 
Who's that hey. guy? Just, it's, it's just a guy for now. It could but, be a guy. Uh, it could a be guy. a guy guy. Um, uh, but yeah, so they are like, it's going to be awesome because of this is going to be like in the early stages of, of, um, of what we see the empire really become because of, I, I, I believe it get, like around this time, this is when the empire is really in its prime. Well, I just want to touch on the fact that if Hayden Christensen does an incredible job playing Anakin slash Darth Vader in the Kenobi series and the Kenobi series is a smash hit, which we're all anticipating it to be. There's going to be a Vader show, and that's something that I've been wanting since the start of Disney+. And then we can really see him in his prime. And with all these new screenwriters, um, Michael Waldron, who I'm about to talk about next, um, the MCU is knocking it out of the park with, with shows on Disney+. And it looks like they're kind of kind of talking to each other across the hallway there at uh, Disney Marvel Lucasfilm. And which leads me to my next story. My boy, Kevin Feige is doing a star Wars film sometime in the future, but it looks like Michael Waldron is going to be working with Kevin Feige in that star Wars film that Kevin Feige is producing. And he did an interview with GQ and this is what he had to say. It's very early days on star Wars. It's probably the thing I can say least about, unfortunately. The thing Kevin Feige shares in common with Dan Harmon and with Sam Raimi is an absolute collaborative spirit and a remarkable lack of ego, given that he's accomplished. Uh, Kevin is a great listener. He wants to hear your ideas. Take it how you might do something and then help you make it better. Beyond all that, he's just a cool guy. Then he also says in response to uh, writing on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, how could... uh, stuff be applied to star wars uh from the mcu Uh, michael waldron says i think the success of the mcu is for the amazing science fiction and concepts and all that stuff ultimately the success is built upon the characters their humanity and their relatable conflicts friendships and the family that is like the mcu and i think star wars at its best is a story about family Han, Luke, and Leia were a family. You love seeing them together, and you hated it when they were split apart. It's great characters. That's nothing new. I'm not going to blow anybody's mind with the headline, with that headline, but that's my biggest takeaway, which is music to my ears. I mean, this guy, Michael Waldron, is knocking it out of the park with Loki, and if he works with Kevin Feige and hopefully continues to work in the Star Wars universe, I totally endorse it. I agree. I'm absolutely loving Loki. So any production value from that brought into Star Wars is just going to be so amazing. And he's a producer of Rick and Morty. I don't know if anyone's seen that. But uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. He's got some comedic values in him. Yeah. I just don't want to see see in Loki Star Wars like any more than we have to. So I don't think I don't think he would do that. Hey, hey, I don't think so. I don't know if you watch the Lego Star Wars holiday special, man, but but they went full out time travel in that. Like, if hey, they do time travel, not canon. it's definitely not canon, and it's definitely for child. Hey, you know <laughs> what? You know what? There are parts in there that I consider canon personally. That's but... okay, but I don't. I think if Star Wars is going to do time travel, they need to bring in writers from Doctor Who to do it right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they need to give him a way bigger budget than Doctor Who does. Yes, <laughs> Do not well, I mean, Doctor Who. I'm not Do- dissing Doctor Who. I'm definitely a Whoian, but I'll tell you right now that 
they intentionally give Doctor Who a smaller budget just so that they can try their best to uh, imitate the uh, the the movie magic that they used in, like in the earlier series. Yeah, knowing that like the MCU has like so much money in their hands, and now that he's on his way over to Star Wars, and they have even a greater budget, I believe. I just think that if we were to bring anyone from the Doctor Who, you know, uh, area or side of things, which is uh, kind of, I don't know how far-fetched it may or may not be at this point, but uh, definitely have to step up their uh, CGI game. Yeah, I can't argue on that one. Um, but I will say it's better than it was with the Ninth Doctor. <laughs> but at that point, you had nowhere to go but up. All right, we're on Star Wars Stuff Podcast, and I don't want to start talking crap about David Tennant, or I even I love them all. Okay, so anyways, David, continue. <laughs> all right, so we've been waiting to hear news of Star Wars Visions, and it looks like we got some news. So <laughs> the news is that there's going to be an anime expo uh, yes. that's happening, and we're going to get our first footage there. Uh, there was a panel that happened. Um, actually, a panel is going to take place on July 3rd at 3 p.m. Pacific time. It'll be 30 minutes long, and Lucasfilm had this to say. Today, Anime Expo announced that Lucasfilm will bring a galaxy far, far away to Anime Expo Light this July with the panel Star Wars Vision sneak preview. Uh, joined hosts Chastity, uh, Vicencio, and Lucasfilm executive producers uh, Jackie Lopez, James Waugh, and Josh Rhymes. Uh, looks like Quibic Pictures and co-executive producer Justin Leach and producer uh, Kanako Shirasaki for an inside look at Star Wars Visions before the series debuts on Disney Plus later this year. So we don't know exactly when it's going to hit, but it seems like it's going to hit sometime in the fall. Um, so hopefully... I've said this in the past, we get something like an animatrix style um, offering from Visions, which is all anime style media that we're going to get on Disney+. Plus. So hopefully we get new stories. I've heard that they're going to give us maybe a little bit of a rehash of stories we already know, but just anime form, which we have been getting little clips uh, on YouTube on the Star Wars channel um, of stories we've seen before, and they look pretty cool. And I kind of wonder if Lucasfilm got inspiration from all those old anime clips that some animators oh, yeah. did a while back of like the TIE Fighter X-Wing battle that's like really cool and like really like fast and intense just right up George Lucas's alley. So I dude, I I, I love fan films and, and I know that you you love fan films too, but like honestly they are going to take over one day um uh because of that one that you're talking about was almost 10 years old and it's mm-hmm. still amazing. Like it's still it was talked about so well. like even if it's as if it's a canon part of the universe I hear people talking about. I'm like, "Wait, well, you know that's a fan film, right?" Yeah. Yeah, so like I like I mean and and I think we talked about this on the on the last podcast, but I think you know people who are like you know that make fan films and stuff. Um, uh, I think Lucasfilm should have a contest. I think they should totally like, um, uh, um, have a contest to see who who can do the best fan film. And you know, if Lucasfilm likes it, then have them make the next film or show or something. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, um, how many episodes? do you think that they'll have a visions because of i guarantee they won't be super long like they'll like probably be shorts okay. right 
I think that given that it's in this anime style and that it has producers who have worked with other different animations before in the past, and you, yeah, you're right. I believe that the episodes will be like, not like 21, 22 minutes a piece. I think that we're looking from anywhere between 16 to 26. That's, that's my range of episodes. Uh, okay. Just because I know they're really short and they, they, I don't know, they're not, they're very loosely going off of, you know, past shows that they have like, you know, like the Clone Wars were really short episodes and, and Rebels and stuff like that. And they have, but they, they don't have to deal with uh, like TV spots, like the Clone Wars and Rebels. They don't have to worry about like uh, the commercials that go in between them and stuff like that. Um, and I know that they'll be shorter. And uh, I just think that most animes that I've ever seen, usually a season uh, that isn't, going crazy bonkers with the amount of episodes that they do usually do somewhere between late teens to mid twenties for episodes numbers anyways. <clears throat> and I'm just super excited for it. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I love anime of all kinds. Um, and this style of animation, I'm just like, super excited for. And I also love like comic book style animation too, at the same time. And I know that they take some inspiration from that, you know, with the color schemes and with, the the concepts that they have and i'm just super excited for it but like i said 1626 is my range i've never been a big fan of um i've, I've, I've never been the biggest fan of anime um mm-hmm. so i think it's a interesting call on uh um uh on them doing it i mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see it because it's star wars but um, right it should be interesting Does anyone right. else have any comments? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I've never really been that big of a fan of the anime animation style. I just, when like growing up, I always watched like Disney, which is very like soft and fluid animation. And then like my cousins always had like Pokemon on, which is a lot sharper and choppier animation. And so like, that's basically my only frame of reference um, and so I've just never really been a fan. I've always liked the more fluid movement. Um, but I'm curious to see, like, how it is now. Cause, I mean, that was, like, how many years ago? Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, an animation style, what you, what you mentioned with the, the frame-by-frame movements that they do a lot of the time, uh, it's, act, like, they, like, intentionally do that with, a, like, a lot of different, like, uh, with, like, Naruto. Um Naruto Uzumaki, his his movements are very sudden and like choppy as well. But if you go into something like uh, like the Seven Deadly Sins, which is another popular anime you can find on Netflix right now with a new season, um, they have way more fluid and rounded edges and very artistic hand painted backdrops in all in most of their set scenes. Kind of like you saw like with a lot of the skylines in Clone Wars, how you could like see the brushstrokes and stuff like that in their animation style. Um, so like when I look at like some of the concept uh, art from the vision series that's been released, like that triangular one with the, the master and the apprentice and that, and that picture, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but that one has like this animation style that reminds me more of like a traditional Japanese uh, art form. And I think that came from, you know, some of the influence from some of the producers that are on the show, like uh, uh, Kaneko uh, Shirasuke. Sraskai, hi, hi. I'm saying it wrong. Shirasaki, Shirasaki. That's it. That's it. I'm gonna go with that one. Like, yeah. Like, I'm. If I just like look up like the MDB, um, IMDb. Sorry, my words are not okay today. 
I will see that like this person has I don't even know what I'm looking at now. But they have they have influences from other people who have been in animation for decades. So the idea that they're taking influences from the Clone Wars and and influence and putting it into the concept of animation style, it's interesting to me. And I know that a lot of people have no idea or have very limited experiences such as Ray with uh, animations. It's going to be a very eye-opening experience for those people because they're, they'll be forced to watch Star Wars, something that they, they like, I have to see this because it's Star Wars, like Colin said. Um, they'll be forced to see it in a concept that they have not previously been exposed to. And I think that that is really cool, in my opinion. Yeah, Star Wars has a very interesting relationship with the Asian market. Star Wars is not as popular as it is in the States compared to over there in Asia. And I know there's a lot of like controversy with the posters that they that they produce for The Force Awakens and the fact that the Asian market doesn't like it when you have ghostly figures in their in film. Um, so there was, I think, controversy over the tint of blue that Luke was in The Rise of oh, Skywalker. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking that Dave Filoni had an influence in doing this vision show because he's from an anime background. He worked on Avatar The Last Airbender, and he's talked about anime. And he, he, he will say anime not anime and i kind of i found that kind of interesting when um he would he talked about the past he also worked on king of the hill as well <laughs> but yeah he, i mean it, it feels like that dave filoni maybe had a hand and said hey we this is something we might want to look in and i myself personally i am not interested in anime at all but i keep on going back to those little shorts that they did for the matrix the animatrix those are really really good if you haven't seen them watch them <clears throat> Um, the ma- the original Matrix and then the Animatrix are probably the, the best two things that they've done. But should be interesting, should be fun. And of course, like Matt said, if it's Star Wars, I'm going to watch it. So it's going to be on Disney Plus. So we all pretty much have that. So we all went trooping. Uh, everyone that's in the 501st, I think, on the podcast last weekend. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I got to wear my A New Hope Tie Fighter mm-hmm. costume. I couldn't even see my eyes. Yeah. So yeah, here I am in the ah. Texas sun uh, outside. Me. Yeah. So yeah, I was there at uh, Dragon Lair Comics, and we had a celebrity uh, make a trip down here, uh, who is Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian season one which is the actor, and you've probably seen him before in other stuff, but of yeah. course he's Gecko in The Mandalorian. And I got to take the a picture with him. Gecko? No. Yeah, he, oh. um, so, yeah, so, so his character made, like, he was in episode one for, like, a brief second of The Mandalorian, and then he was in episode three of The Mandalorian for a brief second. Um, you can see him, um, standing, um, uh, standing behind, David, help me out. Um, uh, I'm not quite. Sh- I know he's in episode one for for a brief second, like you said, and then he's in episode. I believe three. the sin, which was directed by Deborah Chow. Yeah, so he was directed by Dave Filoni and Deborah Chow. Yeah, um, but he like just makes like a he makes like a brief cameo in there. Yeah. but you know this guy's a huge, huge Star Wars fan, and he wants to be more involved in it. So, 
So he's been going around and he's been, you know, um, you know, meeting people and stuff. And I think he's now, he's now, and he's a, uh, um, he's an honorary member of the 501st, right? Yes. Yes. Now he's an honorary member. member. And he's actually our very first guest on the podcast. Oh we, yeah. We did a podcast a while back, me, James and, and Dominic Pace. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he talked to us for a good while. And, uh, he said he wants to be back on the podcast and it's just finding some time because he's actually traveling the country again. He did this trip last year. I wasn't able to meet him then, but I met him this time. Um, uh, but he's going basically huge city to huge city all around the country during the summertime with the sun. And, and he's, he's trying to help small business out as well because during the pandemic, he was kind of promoting all that. And uh, yeah. And not only did you meet him, but you actually met the founder of the 501st when you went to Disney this week. Yeah, By chance. I, I, yeah, By I was going to get to that later, Colin. <laughs> well, he's like, yeah, I well, I mean, well, I know, but I figured since we Spoilers were talking, the podcast. I, I, I figured we'll if we were it. talking about the 501st, then you might as well talk about. And I met someone else who's as famous as well. Kathleen Kennedy. Oh. <laughs> well, nope. All right. A little cooler. Who? Yeah, I think what? Uh, maybe a lot cooler. Is oh. it the, uh, um, it, We'll talk Is about it, it at the end. We'll get there when we get there. Said, oh, no, I gotta wait. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Just like everybody else, Colin. Um, okay, well, uh, Sam, Ray, and I also went trooping that uh, that uh, same that same day that David did, and uh, that was Sam's first troop. And Sam takes pride in being one of the only people in the world that actually perfectly made the tray and cup. From the second season, of The Mandalorian. I think there it is, there it is. Yeah. So um, he he was really really excited about that. Um, but he was also geeking out the entire time uh, because of um, just like doing something like this, like you know, loving something. That's that's great. But if you you know um, can give back to something that has given so much to you, then I feel like you really have made that accomplishment of being a Star Wars fan. And to me. Um, every time I I wear my my TK and I bet every time Ray puts on her costume, like it's just so rewarding, um, because of we work so hard on it, and then you can share that joy with so many other people. Um, because of because I remember at the place where we were at where we took this picture, people kept coming up and they're like, oh, like this is awesome, like how do I join? And and that was the first troop that I've done like in a year and a half, and and I just remember just being like, man, I miss it so much. So, um, trooping is awesome. If you ever get the chance, go and see us at conventions and stuff, and make your own costume. It's it's fantastic. I feel like you're Matt. talking directly to me. God yeah, join <laughs> <laughs> us, one of us, working. one of us. Okay. You heard, yeah. I heard. I hear you, and I'm gonna as soon as I know this podcast, I'm gonna drive over to my parents' place. I'm gonna go in their garage. I'm gonna pull out my unfinished Phase Two Captain Rex armor, and I'm gonna finish it just because you said that. All right. I've known it. you almost. I know, I know, I know, now. I know, I know. And the first time that we ever hung out really was you work on Rex. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. And that was also I the same day that I you. made a, a very big mistake. And I was like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'll come back to it when I feel like it. Here we yeah. are three years later. And I'm like, am I going to get yep. back to it? Hey, yeah. if I could finish Sabe, 
you can finish Rex. Yes. Mm. Yes. Especially with that headpiece. I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed that I didn't didn't get to see you wear it. Um, uh, yeah, the both events that we had that day were outside, and I don't want to risk taking Sabe outside until I know the headdress can be safely secured because it could easily be knocked over in the wind. Yeah. And also, it was supposed it. <laughs> it was supposed to be incredibly hot, and I also don't know how it will hold up with heat being paper mache. Yeah. Um. So I didn't want to take that risk, and I figured I'd go something safe yeah. with Ray. We should have just like a podcast where you just explain, like, not just you, Ray, but all of you, just explain the 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 physical aspects that go behind uh, trooping. If you haven't already, like, like what it took to create it, because like the idea of your headpiece ma- being made primarily out of paper mache just astonishes me. Because when you see the final product, you're like, that's her headpiece. That's it, and like. You're like paper mache. You said what now? Mache yeah. of paper? No way. No yeah, way. I do. I do have a website where I outlined my entire process for building the whole costume. Plug it right now. Uh, the Royal Croissant. Weebly.com. That's the nice. dream. That's the dream right there. <laughs> the Royal I don't have enough money to get an actual domain, so it's the Royal Croissant. <laughs> Still um, awesome. Um, uh, we'll have and, to uh, give a link to it. In the oh, yeah. No, Instagram um, or something. Uh, I eventually will like probably, I mean, which I think we've done a couple episodes where we talk about the Bible first um, on our Patreon. But Definitely. I know Sam would go like he would dive deep into making his because of Sam worked on his costume for nine months straight. He like has like the small version of the 3D printer. Um, so it took him a long time. Yeah, but don't man. ask a mechanical engineer to explain how I made something. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell thing. you. Yeah. Um, uh, that like thing was made so well. So, yeah, no. I, I, I would join the Pablo first because the con season is back. Um, I, uh, because of I saw on the forum <gasps> pages. Um, nice. Um, uh, that, uh, that there are six... <laughs> Uh, that there are six con- um, there are six conventions that y- you can sign up for because I think there's Motor City Comic Con like I'm talking about Michigan area David sorry but uh, uh, but, but, but there's Grand Rapids Comic Con Motor City Comic Con um, Tulip City like Ch- Cherry Capital there are so many conventions coming back and oh, I'm definitely it's crazy it, I'm, uh, it's crazy because you know a year ago most of us were thinking you know like the pandemic is gonna last gonna a very this? long time yeah and 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 now it's just like boom you know. Conventions are back, you know, costuming, troopings are back. So with proper vaccination. Yes. Yes. Get vaccinated. Yeah. So yeah. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to go back to Dominic Pace here. He's a really <laughs> nice guy. He's he's the he's the kind of celebrity, Star Wars celebrity that you want doing Star Wars because he's a he's a hardcore Star Wars fan. He's great with the fans. I had a long conversation with him, multiple conversations with them. I basically kind of ate lunch with him um, at the troop. And I was like, I got to get stuff signed by him. And he did sign a few things here that I have. He um, had some Beskar here and he signed you it for me. The, the uh, picture is still. I can still see the, Beskar though. Okay. Yeah, you can still see it on the side. So yeah, he signed some there Beskar for me. He, uh, that Beskar is so expensive, isn't it? Yeah, he gave me some Imperial credits as well. Oh, snap. That I got right here. Um, there you go. Oh, right. nice. 
There you so, go. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> now, what are those like made out of? Are those coins. like light plastic or what? Like uh, 3D printed, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> he also has his coin. You can see. Wow, this on you YouTube love here. You love coins. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Oh it's yeah, pretty awesome. Guys. I um, well, speaking of which, David, I do have a coin for you. When I see you, I was just there, Colin. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. He's like, you couldn't go out to lunch with me and give it to me then. <laughs> well, for dinner at 9 p.m. or whatever. Well, it's not with me in Florida. It's in Michigan because I, 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 because of I've got my, I got my TK sticker in Michigan. Yeah, it's a sticker. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he gave he gave me a sticker for my wow. uh, crate there. He's really he, hooking you up with some memorabilia, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he oh also gosh, has some uh, fan created. Wow. Comic books. So this is yeah. This is a comic book. Shout out to Dominic Pace for being a true player. And uh, someone also uh, re- reprinted. Um, That's I forgot what the artist's name is, but I put this up on the Facebook group podcast page. But yeah, he signed that as well. And here's another. I got another comic book from him where he signed. So, uh, in uh. Sometime this summer, you are going to a convention where you're going to be able to possibly meet Hayden and Ewan, right? And McGregor, right? Not possibly. I'm meeting him. He's okay. like, what do you do? I bought the VIP, <laughs> idiot. Well, well, yeah, but just to clarify, you are getting some sign from me, right? Uh, I don't know about that. Have you? <laughs> I will I'm send go- you I'm something in the mail. You. You, you and I will. Yeah, I'll do that. So, what did you want signed? Like just an autograph, just like a yeah. photo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah if we would have met for dinner, you could have given me something. Oh. I could have <laughs> I'll send wow. you. I'll send you my legacy wow. lightsaber, and you can have well, it. Well, well, okay. Well, well, how about this? How about that can be a wedding present? Oh wow! Way to use your wedding well, to get. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to get you for your wedding. <laughs> Way to use your happiness to get into his his yeah. ends. You know, <laughs> I. I, I tried. I, I, I mean, I, 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 ironically though, this is this is actually a true story. We, um, as uh, we put a Lego set on our, on our registry. No, and, you did. I had no idea. And then we ended up, you know, getting it in the mail. <laughs> oh my so, gosh! So yeah, somebody so. bought you that and sent it yeah. to you already. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because they knew that he he couldn't wait. He had to have <laughs> it now, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, so, did you at least cross that off the register? You're gonna wait for oh, someone yeah, else yes, to send you yes. another one? No, no, he's like, Give me more. <laughs> no, no, he just replaced it with a different Lego set. He's like, I well, want the Millennium Falcon. Now. Well, well, there are two Lego sets technically on there. So, if if, if uh, dips really on the wanted... other one, okay, it is, um, it's the $200 one. So, appreciate it. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, but, so yeah. another news, yeah. So Amelia Clark did a podcast with uh, Josh Horowitz, and she did talk about uh, Kira returning. And um, he asked about, uh, they talked about a whole bunch of other stuff. I think they talked about Secret Invasion, which he's going to be in on Disney+. Plus. But uh, he brought up the fact that all this Make Solo 2 happen stuff has uh, risen again uh, during uh, the May 4th week. And uh, she said, um, that makes me so happy because I love Kira. Loved her. Really, really did. I loved Han. I love the story. I love the people. I love the experience. It was one of uh, it was one of those where, you know, if you know too much about a celebrity and you go and watch that movie, 
and you're just thinking about how many kids Angelina Jolie has. I don't know. <laughs> this is not making sense. And I feel like uh, our movie is that everyone went in knowing what our dirty laundry looked like. And you couldn't separate that gossip from the overall experience. But I'm so over the moon that people are posthumously enjoying it. She's talking about Solo 2 reaction, make Solo 2 happen, that whole movement. But right afterwards, um, he asked Kira about the Lando series and if Kira could potentially return. And she basically said, um, I've heard nothing, absolutely nothing, but a Lando show makes so much sense. And she says, give that man a show. And, I mean, all kinds of Kira-centric stuff has popped up in comics and rumors. So I don't know if she's really playing, like, coy and just, like, not saying anything or what. But it feels like she's coming back. Um, I've said it before. When an actor signs on to do Star Wars, they're signing on to do multiple projects. So, So... I'm I'm just trying to think what the timeline will be for the Lando show. Like, is that show going to take place after the events of Solo, or is that going to take place before the events of Solo? Because I want to say after. Yeah, well, well, I mean, because of technically, it sounded like Lando and Kira did have a history. So right, right, um, right. So I could totally see it being a prequel, but I could also seeing it, you know, being a sequel to to it, and and Lando kind of trying to figure everything out um because you know he he lost the falcon right. so uh how's um how how will he cope with that and then we'll see how he really won you know the um the actual you know thing of cloud city um because of he like because of in the comics he, he um he actually won that in a in a game of sabacc right, right. so yeah, the more and more time goes on, it feels like Lando's actually going to be every series that we want around yeah. Solo. It's going to be Solo 2. It's going to be Crimson Dawn. We're going to get Darth Maul back. We're going to get Kira back. I think it's all going to be all that stuff wrapped into um, Lando being the main character and being Lando-centric. And it seems like we're waiting on Donald Glover uh, to sign his his name on the contract. And it or seems Billy like we're just waiting for that to happen. Or Billy D. Williams. Well, yeah, he's going to be back, but I think it's just Donald Glover. I mean, he's he's too hot right now, and he signed a big deal with Amazon. So. I could see it being, like, in the first Hobbit, where, like, Lando would, like, be just kind of, you know... Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Like, telling his own stories, and uh, and and then I just kind of, like, the camera pans to him being young, like, kind of like they did in the first Hobbit. Movie. I like how at the beginning of this episode, I make a Lord of the Rings reference, and you yell at me, and now here you are <laughs> doing it, and I am supposed to remain quiet for this situation? No, 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 no. This is a Star Wars Stuff podcast. Welcome back to Star Wars Stuff podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars, Colin. God. All right. Yeah, so, but, yeah, so I think... That would be cool if they did something like that because if they've still got some of the old actors there, why not use them? Yeah, maybe they don't want to be used. I don't know. Well, not okay. (laughs) You're you're like twisting my words now. But anyways, David, continue. Any more thoughts on uh, Amelia Clark? Um, she's the love of my life. I'm waiting for her to realize it. That's all I have to say about that. I'm just waiting for her to like pick up the phone because we haven't talked in a while. Um. So, I love Solo because there's so many, um, you know, kind of spinoffs that they could do with that movie. I mean, 
I, I, I know Solo 2 would be great. And I know a show of just about that would be great. But honestly, you know, Crimson Dawn, um, Lando, um, uh, something, uh, something about Kira. Like, that would be interesting. But to make Solo 2 happen um, is just... You like know that you know Han was you know at the end of the movie was going to do that job for Jabba, and then uh, and then when he sees you know the Empire, he like drops his shipment, and then that and then that's where we you know end up you know going to and a New Hope where like Jabba's mad at him because he lost his shipment. So mm. I don't think that that a, a second movie would be necessary. I didn't think the first one was necessary, but it it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, but I think that there's more potential with Crimson Dawn and Kira and Darth Maul and Lando more than uh, more than you know what a second solo movie would do. I think that that a lot of people in the Star Wars uh, fan base have and always will be uh, attracted to the idea of furthering. The character development and story behind Darth Maul, yeah, um, and, oh yeah, because like he is a favorite villain for so many people, and to for uh, a fan for a fan base like like the Star Wars universe has, and the fact that the Star Wars universe has given so much of what they have asked for, the idea of uh, of some of a fan base like asking for the same thing many times and then having them give it to them like oh you want this we'll give it to you that happens all the time in star wars so i wouldn't be surprised to see it happen in a situation like this but i but star wars they they tend to do things kind of weirdly in the way that they'll give you what you want but not in the way that you thought you wanted it right um so like when like uh like when it came out with the final season of like the clone wars and like to like we get to see like the order 66 and you get to see darth maul at like one of his it, like i'd say one of his primes in this in the clone wars era um and then we see him in rebels prior to seeing uh the final season obviously that was yeah. uh, released before but there's there's so much content that's been given to darth maul and i don't know that the star wars universe will be like we've already given him a lot and his character is pretty well established and the idea of us giving him more uh, may or may not be beneficial to us. We might want to like put our resources into developing new characters that are Disney original. They're not Lucasfilm created uh, characters or or whatever it may be. I think that they would be doing themselves a favor by maybe listening to the fan base and potentially doing a, maybe not even necessarily a solo two project, but something along the lines of you know with the the crime syndicates and you know with crimson dawn because there's yeah. so there's so little that the fan base knows about crimson dawn and you know other crime syndicates that they wouldn't understand had they not read the comics or gone further into depth in like you know with star wars legends so i think that the idea of them expanding on that would just it would i mean it's kind of like the with the bounty hunters guild they with, with mandalorian they kind of expanded on the bounty hunters guild a little bit and there's tons of potential there but with the with the other crime syndicates, we 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 uh, see a little a little taste of it in the final season with Ahsoka when she's dealing with um, I can't remember which group it is. Black Sun. Yeah, she's dealing with the Black Sun, and then we see the Black Sun no, in no, Solo. No, 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 um, no, um, no, like the Black. Are, it's the there's two of them that you she are, deals with. You are you are talking about the Pikes. 
Yeah, there were the ones you that were they, the she had to deliver the, the the spice to, but she delivered yeah. them from the Black Sun. So a Black Sun to the Pikes. So she dealt yeah. with two different crime syndicates, and both of those crime syndicates are represented in Solo. And I think that that there's a lot of potential in expanding on the universe of crime syndicates. Whether or not that falls into the plot line of Amelia Clark's character as Kira or with Darth Maul, obviously it has to include Darth Maul because at one point he is the mastermind behind the majority of these crime syndicates as we see in Solo and in um, the final season of Clone Wars. So I think that not only would they want to listen to their fans by giving them what they're asking for, but they're going to give it to them in a way that they didn't expect it in, yeah, in the form of a crime yeah. syndicate series. That's the Black Sun. Yeah. And remember, you know, Darth, Darth Maul literally uh, beheads that entire council with one single blow. Sorry, spoiler. Uh, actually, that was Savage. Well, yeah, he did it, but like Darth Maul's like, get <laughs> Yeah. But um, but kind of going back to like more stories about Darth Maul, I uh, I I remember when 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 you know there's like when the Clone Wars was coming out, you know, on TV and stuff, and and I remember when they showed the episode of where like Darth Maul, you know, just so you know, spoilers if you haven't watched Star Wars, I mean the Clone Wars, go watch it. But um, uh, but Darth Maul, you know, kind of comes back as this spider creature, and you're like, he's alive? Like what? Like and uh, and and then they just kind of right. progress his story even more by going to Dathomir, and 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 then you get more in, um, uh, you like get you know a different perspective of of the prequels, like of you know if Darth Maul, um, survived of what happened on Naboo. Um, from uh, from Obi Wan, uh, because of because of he because of he was supposed to help, um, you know, uh, the uh, uh, the Emperor kind of progress his plan even further, but the Emperor continued his plan <laughs> plan without Maul, and and he just found a new apprentice, and then he kind of felt replaced, and that kind of dives deeper into the prequels, and I love that. So um, side note, Savage Press. Primo oh, yeah. character, like oh, yeah. one of my favorites in Clone Wars. Honestly, I loved his character development, and it happened so quick in the way he died. Oh, sorry, but yeah, I Savage Press, <laughs> absolutely one of my favorites of the of the Clone Wars. But, I uh, <laughs> uh, but, so sorry, viewers. But yeah, I no. like him because so, he was never a spider. <laughs> I like him because we get to see like what Savage Opress was like before he was taken in by the Night Sisters and um and was transformed into the beast that that was manipulated into you know uh being a, a pawn of you know the Sith. But I just think that like like his character is like so like even, even like the first time that that Savage Opress encounters like Obi Wan, even he's like. What is this? Oh, this yeah. got manhandled by this beast. Well, yeah, because of um, uh, I'm, it's just awesome. And when Star Wars expands its its you know its legends and mythology, uh, um, because of you like think that you understand Star Wars for a second, and then all of a sudden you like you know see all of this you know stuff that you want to think that would be in star wars because of the night sisters and uh um is the creepiest planet. oh yeah yeah because like i like never thought i would ever see anything like like that the 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 living dead 
Oh, yeah, that yeah, and and, uh, and and then they end up doing zombies, and then they ended up, you know, expanding. It's like zombies and- versus droids. I never thought I would see this in the Clone no, Wars. No, Ooh. and uh, and 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 a that. cool and a cool Easter egg is that is that during that arc, you know, um, uh, in Jedi Fallen Order, uh, that one night sister was like, hey, you know, somebody with blue and green lightsabers, you know, killed all of my sisters, and uh, and 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 then if you remember back in the Clone Wars. It was that battle where it was General Grievous and the droids attacking the planet. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's that. Like that's that's a cool tie-in. So anything that expands the the Star Wars universe even more, I love it. And that's what what the um oh shoot. Uh oof. oh no, I'm losing it, guys. I'm really tired. Uh, um Darth Maul. Uh, no, no, Dar- no. Um, I'm trying to help. Mortis. Crimson Dawn. Um, oh, uh, Crimson Dawn would be a great show. All right, continue before I lose my mind. We got really off track. I think yeah. I'm not sure where we even Yay. were. <laughs> okay, we are here now. Okay, so uh, so we did not get to talk about episode eight um last week because, like David said, we were super busy. But this episode was awesome because it um again you know this is this is taking place um on 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 a planet that we see in Jedi Fallen Order, which is like, you know, where Cal Kestis was hiding for at least five years after the purge. As a scrapper. Uh, yeah. And uh uh and Crosshair at this point, you know, has completely turned to the dark side. Like he will, you know, um uh do anything to He's willing you to know, burn you alive follow his orders which i which what you said is ironic and and we'll talk about that in a bit but um uh uh but it's crazy um because of he will do anything to like you know um uh to stop his former team and we explore a republic cruiser more than i think we've ever you know seen inside one because of they actually get to um at some point they are getting chased because of their um they are trying to escape um, from the planet and and crosshair kind of traps them into like this giant iron engine of the cruiser and uh and they kind of block them off and then he orders one of his soldiers to actually turn on the iron engine when when the bad batch team is inside of it and 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 then the bad yeah and then the bad batch is just like all right we like need to figure a way out of there and then they just like plant explosives all around and then you know it goes off it explodes and when it does you know it falls down with the engine still going and crosshair is right in front of it and it just burns you know half of his face off like it's crazy <laughs> um Backfire at its yeah best yeah and uh uh and then uh and then hunter and omega you know are trying to escape and I which I didn't see this coming, which I, I, I don't think a lot of people didn't see coming. But I don't know where the Western Bane. music. Yeah, like wow, and then like here comes like Cad <laughs> Bane. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, and 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 <laughs> something something fun about this scene in particular is that they actually shot a arc in the Clone Wars before Disney got the rights to Lucasfilm of where um, Cad Bane. And Boba Fett have a shootout, um, and and it was pretty much a copy and paste of this, where uh, where Hunter, um, where Boba Fett was replaced with Hunter. But in that shot, um, uh, I mean, uh, uh, 
from uh from the deleted arc that never actually made it um on the air it's pretty early uh, development too so it's pretty like, yeah choppy. which um which i posted that scene on instagram but uh, yep. uh but but cad bane and boba fett you know you know have the russian shootout and boba shoots cad bane in in the head and you see his hat fly and then cad bane shoots boba fett in the helmet and that and that was the canon you know way that Boba Fett got his dent you know in his helmet uh and uh and and later I'll I'll explain that more but they but they copy and pasted it but Cad Bane didn't get shot and Cad Bane just wasted Hunter like wasted him uh uh and uh and then after that he stuns Omega and then they go on the ship and then he flies away and turns out Hunter's still alive and there's a scene where we actually where the dragon hunter on the ship and you're seeing the inside of the clone helmet, which to me, it was kind of I know other people have talked about this, but to me, it was kind of Easter egg to the game Republic Commandos um, because of during that game, like you're saying, you're like seeing directly into like a clone helmet and it looked exactly like that. So I don't know if that's what uh, what Dave Filoni was trying to do, but that's awesome. Uh, and, and then the end of the episode is, you know, them trying to figure out how they're going to save Omega. Um, but, uh, I love the episode. I thought it was great bringing Cad Bane back, uh, um, because if he was a huge fan favorite in the Clone Wars, um, and just wanted me to see, you know, more of the history of him because we never got to see that arc with Boba Fett. And we don't know if it's that <laughs> technically canon, but I think they're hinting at it is, which we do, you know, kind of, which I'll talk more about when we talk about episode nine of the bad batch because of that episode was really good too. I also just want to take a second to, uh, to uh, sort of go in a little bit more depth of the character development that we see with Omega, because, you know, throughout the the first like seven episodes prior to this, we see a developing uh, Omega. Like we, like we see her learning on as she's uh, trying to manipulate her, the way that she previously thought. And she's like copying like everything the hunter does. And she's like learning all the time. She is, like ridiculously smart in this episode like she like if it like if honestly if like she didn't have the bad batch like there to rescue her i'm pretty sure like if she really wanted to she could figure out how to escape herself because she basically does with the all with the exception of her ship malfunctioning at the end like she could have pulled this off by herself and i think that it's just important to realize that when we first meet omega she is this wide-eyed uh very curious mind that knows a little bit about everything but in in this in this episode we see her really hone in on these skills that she has because she is this this purebred clone that is that is so adaptive and i think that's honestly one of one of her strong traits that that makes her so special than other ones is that she's extremely adaptive and she's very fast learning and we're seeing that now we're like not now we've already seen it but like we're seeing it like turned up to 11 because uh, the way that she just like he maintains her her calmness, she's been kidnapped by this blue guy in a big hat with red eyes. She has no idea who this is, and she's That's being chased by Fennec Shan at the same time on a planet she's never been to before, and she's never she's almost never been off planet up until a few weeks ago. She's experiencing all of these things that she's never experienced at, at her age. It's just it, it's astonishing that she can maintain her calmness. And get herself out of a situation um, while adapting and, and, and learning things as she's literally being shot at. Not at, but like, you know, pew, pew, pew all around everywhere. 
So it's I just I just wanted to emphasize that her character development is 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 muy primo, yeah. It's very good. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Um, uh, and then for chapter nine, um, that episode was really good uh, because of we see more of of the Clone Wars elements because of that droid Toto was pretty cool because of through the entire Clone Wars, he was played by Seth Green. Seth Green came back and voiced him. And I was like, that's awesome. Uh, and, uh, and we, you know, find out that, you know, that the people on Camino have hired Cad Bane to, uh, to, uh, um, to like kind of get her back. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we find out why, which is very interesting because I think, you know, it's throwing a lot of people off. But um, she is a uh, Generation 1 clone, which means that her DNA came, like, it was never altered. It came directly from Jango Fett. Now, there are only two people, like, two clones that were ever made like that. And and it was <clears throat> Omega and then Alpha, which we found out that his, that, you know, it turned into Boba. So... Um, and, uh, um, and I believe it's Latin. I, I, I forget what language, but, um, Greek. uh, Greek. Thank you. It means um, first uh, and last. Yes. So wow, that jump on that pretty one. Cool. <laughs> um, uh, that's pretty cool that, that they kind of tied that in together. So technically, you know, Omega and Boba are pretty much like, you know, like real siblings. I mean, like I know, you know, you know, all the clones are technically, you know, siblings and brothers, but but these two are, you know, actual real Brother. siblings. So, um, uh, and I like that Easter egg um, because it it was tying in. I, I I think they're totally setting up for Boba Fett to to kind of come in uh, in some way, and we all know that Daniel Logan really wants to come back. So, uh, so I could totally see Daniel Logan coming in at the end of the season and being like, Hey, Omega, you know, come with me or, 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 or something like that. But anyways, um, they, uh, uh, so Cad Bane ends up taking her to this planet that at first I thought was, uh, was cloud city, but we're like totally wrong. Uh, um, uh, and we get there and Omega tricks, uh, um, tricks Toto, but she actually does fix his leg because he was like, "Hey, I need to fix my leg." And then, and then she's like, "Yeah, I'll help you." And she fixes it, and then she shuts him down, and then she escapes. Uh, and then she gets in contact with with the Bad Batch, and then you know they like start to make their way over. And then, uh, and then Cad Bane is about to you know capture Omega, and then and then we hear a blaster sound that sounds very similar to Bubble Fett. So I was like, "Oh man, it's been leading up to this." And then we see Ton Wee from Attack of the Clones, you know, on the ground, like lying there. So she's totally dead, which, you know, she really? like she like didn't have any lines during the show until this episode. And and then she came up and then she gets killed. And we're like, oh, man, it's Boba Fett. But it turned out to be Fennec Shand and her and Cad Bane have this fight. And surprisingly, you know, for Cad Bane being experienced, he um uh he kind of gets his um he he loses like he like gets his butt kicked like a lot, and I think it might be because um of what I was talking about earlier, where um in that deleted scene where Boba Fett and Cad Bane fight, you know, he gets shot, and we actually see when Cad Bane takes off his um ha- uh his hat that um halfway through his head he's got this giant plate on there. And I think that is from Boba Fett. So I think they are saying that it is canon. 
but it has it's it's been hinted at, but it hasn't been officially confirmed yet. But um, and and I think because of that, you know, he's not on his game like he used to be. Like he's um he's kind of off balance. Uh, but um, but at when they're fighting, um, uh, when they're fighting, uh, Omega sneaks into this room, and she goes into this room where it's just full of test tubes of different species, and kind of going to the history of um uh of of the species of the species from from Camino they um before they cloned um you know Django Fett and they did the clones for the republic they were cloning different species for um for you know um different um private parties and stuff and and they and actually what I found out recently which I thought was interesting but Camino actually used to be um this this giant ice planet but then when the climate changed the people on camino actually altered their dna by by making different clones of themselves and stuff so at some point there's a there's a test tube that falls down on fennec shan when fennec shan is trying to say hey i'm i'm here to save you and stuff and she's like no way and then like she presses a button and it falls out and a lot of people like oh my gosh it's snoke and it's like no, it's it's just you know a different species of okay, you know, but it did kind of look like Snoke when it was in the tank. I you know, couldn't but, see a clear look at it, but it yeah. looked like a misshapen yeah. thing that Snoke is. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, well, so if that was true, then if you think about it, you know, if if, if they had Snoke there, then they would have way more security, so no one would find out, or Palpatine would have people there, you know, kind of, you know, being, you know, kind of surveying it because later, you know, there's a comic book where Darth Vader just goes to this planet and we see everything, you know, from the rise of Skywalker. And then he's like, look at all my ships. And then it's just like, <laughs> what? And, and, and then, then they don't talk about it again for, you know, over 30 years. And you're just like, what? Like, like there's no like record history or anything. So it's like yeah, MTV is no. like, look at yeah. my house. Yeah. But like yeah. Look, MTV's look, my look, crib. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, this, uh, he was all my test tubes over. full of you know, like of clones that are based off of Luke's hand from the Empire Strikes Back. These are my Imperial my, Ferraris, and these are all my ships. Like, it's just like that made no sense to me, but I was like, <clears> all right, <throat> cool, you know, it's cool. But, anyways, going back to Bad Batch, um, uh, uh, she uh, she ends up escaping and she and she gets into the escape pods that look very similar to what they use in Camino, and it takes off. And then the Bad Batch, um, uh, their like ship, you know, catches her, and then they go off in the sunset. Uh, and then um, oh, Cad sunset. Bane, you know, loses against Fennec Shan totally, and he's like tied up, and he's like, um, uh, and he's upset because you know she also sabotaged a ship. So he's he's definitely coming back, you know, at some point for some type of revenge. I mean, you know, it would be awesome if if we don't see him in the show and then he just comes up in the book of Boba Fett and he's like, Hey, Phoenix Shand, you know, I have a, I have a really big score to settle. And we see like live action. Cat Bane. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. uh, but at the end of the episode, you know, Omega has this talk with Hunter and her, and it sounds like her biggest fear is just being, um, is being in a test tube. Like the other t- test tubes that she found um, because of, Camino, the people in Camino think of her as just, you know, as property, as this experiment that they made. Um, and she's afraid that she's going to be, you know, experiment, experimented on it for the rest of her life. And Hunter acting as a father, as all fathers do in, uh, 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 in Star Wars. It, and, um, and he promised her, 
he promises her that nothing bad will happen to her. As soon as he said that, yeah. I was like, right. Yeah. You're yeah. Never gonna I, go I was back. like, oh uh-huh. man. Yeah. Right. So, hey, it's but... Star Wars, the dad batch. What do you want? What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then that's the end of the episode. So I, I think. Do... I um, do know that like, I'm looking at like the IMDB of Corey Burton, the guy who voices Cad Bane, And like right now he's only, obviously his film filmography only says that he's in two episodes of the bad batch. Uh, side note, I don't know if Colin knew this, being a fanatic of DuckTales, that he is uh, a voice actor on that show uh, for a character called Ludwig von Drake. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the voice of Ludwig. Ah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Thought that was, I thought you'd want to know that. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so, of course. I've got a question. Yes. Omega is super valuable to the Kevin Owens because she's a first-generation clone, and yes. her DNA is unaltered. Right. But Boba Fett is an exact clone of Jango Fett without DNA altered, and they're both right. males. So Omega has been altered. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, too. Well, like, okay, I mean, I don't want to get into real life genetics or anything, but um, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, to the anatomy, it's like it's not to play that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, um uh but like it's just like him having a daughter so i mean so it is you know it's 50 50 it is his real blood it is just like him having a daughter but of them doing the cloning process so but wouldn't um, you need somebody else's dna for that well, I mean, in the maturing process, of, I don't know how in the maturing works. process of an embryo, like in the natural state, it can it can <laughs> choose whether or not to adapt to a male or female DNA. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, so, I mean, I listen. I do not work on Camino, so I don't know how they do things over there. But I haven't grown anything them, in a test tube. More than welcome. Because you you'd think if it was just like a part of the cloning process, then you'd yeah. have female clones. Okay, well, this okay, this came. Those are altered, though. Okay, this came directly from Tech. So talk to him and Tech. I have questions. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, but uh, but you know, all all jokes aside and 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 all that, um, uh, I I I think there's more to it because Ray, I think you're right because of she's like kind of acting like she's force sensitive. Like there are totally times like throughout the show where i i felt like you know she is force sensitive in some way um because of when tech was like yeah you know her um uh that there's only two clones that you know had direct dna and that were really never altered um i was like okay well then explain how she's you know kind of knowing things like it like as a jedi because of like i mean like for being force sensitive because there are times where like she has sensed things um uh that uh that like would totally um you know make sense if 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 she was a force wielder like it, it doesn't make sense if like her dna is just from jangle like there has to be something else in there that we're missing or there or it will be like a final reveal in the last episode or something interesting yeah like that's bad what are you guys' opinions on it on that matter of i mean like do you think that it's 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 really just jango fett's dna or do you think something else is in there i didn't even think about it until you mentioned it um But yeah, when when you think about the whole importance of Omega, it's like, well, 
I mean, you get into like, the, like yeah. you said, get into the whole genetics of it all. I mean, Boba Fett's there. Why don't they just use him? Right. But where exactly is he at right now in the timeline? Well, um, he's probably around 14 years old. Um, so well, no, physically, like, where is he at? What planet? What system? I don't know. Nobody I knows. Mean, he is like it, probably going on his own adventures, being a bounty hunter. Like, because I, I know mean, in canon he was uh, hanging around Bosk, and I know Bosk was like a mentor to him. Well, I think for from the perspective of the Kaminoans, it would be easier to make another Boba Fett than to try and track him down through the entire universe. Right. So, and then they can just have a new one. So Boba right. Fett's just missing to everyone. Well, well, and 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 this also raises the question: like, does does Omega have the have the you know um, the aging speed process as the other clones do, or or did they make her later um, uh, than uh, than Boba Fett? Um, because of again, you know, his like when when Django made that deal with with Dooku, he was like, I want a clone that's not altered and uh, and like he doesn't have like a like an aging speed process, so he ages you know normally. Did they do that for Omega? Where, um, well, uh, if she's unaltered a... DNA, then yes, she okay. wouldn't have that age speed, yeah, advanced aging Ray speed. On that one. Interesting. <laughs> so, does that mean that when he, when Django asked for one, they were like, we'll make you one, we're also going to make one for ourselves? Well, but they wouldn't have been made at the same time, no, no, um, uh, uh, because of this point, you know, um, we've got Boba probably being around 14, 15 years old, and Omega's probably, you know, maybe nine or 10. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. I wish I could find that out. Yeah. How old is Omega? I don't think they've said her actual age in the show yet. Yeah. Interesting. And and interesting theories, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Our brains are turning. Yeah, everyone thought at the beginning she was a Palpatine, but it turns out she's a Fett. Well, I mean, she's got that weird blonde swoopy hair. I mean, they had the same haircut. It wasn't I mean, that big come of a leap. On. But I mean, I mean, but then it's like you know, if if it's true, then why is her hair blonde? Um, well, Rex's is blonde. That is true. Right, and he's not like, the only clone that I've ever seen with like blonde hair. Right, but their DNA was altered, though her DNA wasn't. Well, well it has to be altered at some point because Django wasn't female, so there was some manipulation there, right? I, I I I don't know. Okay, if 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 you guys are like experts in cloning and and you know the cloning process, you know, like and well, like you know, not okay, but um, uh, uh, but if you guys know something that we don't know, you know, totally message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything. Okay. Um, so there's this little excerpt. I I just I just like typed in like how old is Omega and the Bad Batch, okay. and I like clicked on like the first link, and I just scrolled down, and there's this one that says. Uh, who is Omega clone from? And it says the million dollar question, the Star Wars universe doesn't feature that many blondes, let alone ones that look like Omega. Plenty of theories claim that she's a female clone of Palpatine or Obi-Wan or even a clone of Duchess Satine. That's stupid. Anyway, there's no clear cut answer. As I'm like reading all this, I'm like, wow, that's a stupid theory. So I forget I said anything because as I read that sentence, I was like, that's stupid. Well, did you figure out how old she is? 
Still looking. Still looking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, still looking. Well, well, I mean, and and the show they like technically. So I mean, I I think by the end of the show, mm-hmm. you know, if this is the only season they're doing, then we'll get more answers. But I don't think that this is, um, because of I think. I think they like that, you know, we are getting Star Wars all like all summer long. Like I I, I think I, I got an answer. Ooh, okay. You tell. Okay. It's right, it's, laughing, it's so. almost as stupid as what I just read. I'll okay. read it out loud. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I was like he probably doesn't. Age continue. isn't usually an important factor for the clones as they tend to age more rapidly than humans. Omega, however, seems to have seems to be aging as as at the human rate. There is no uh chronological answer for the an- question yet. But there is a going range for the previous Star Wars children. She's probably between somewhere between the ages of nine, as in the age of Anakin and the Phantom Menace, or 50, the age of Grogu in The Mandalorian. The, <laughs> this doesn't exactly narrow it down, well, but somehow well, there, the yeah. range is uh, age range between nine and 14. Okay. so But I mean, did they get Django's genetic material 50 years ago? I mean... No, they no, no, because no. of be I, I, I mean, uh, because of they like shortly got his DNA, you know, after the dumb. events of Phantom Menace. So it, it was from that ten year, for, it was, it was from that ten year period of Attack of the Clones to, I mean, ten year period from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I think that this website is just taking like theories throughout all of Star Wars and trying to use them to answer questions that they yeah. shouldn't be answering. So I'm just gonna ignore anything that I got from that. But yeah, so there's a lot of theories going on. I mean, I think we'll get some type of answer by the end of it. I I hope it's not like a Rogue One situation where they're just like, and you die on the beach, and you die in a ship, and you die over there. Like I I I, I like I hope that some of them make it. I think Crosshair will definitely sacrifice himself in some way in the end. Um, uh, I think that that he'll definitely survive. Um, I hope we and- get Omega and Book of Boba Fett. Oh well, yeah. So, so cybernetic guy. I mean, so I've 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 noticed something since Mandalorian came out. They have been dropping, you know, um, like some some subtle hints from the uh, from that show into you know different shows. Um, because of you know, and this in the and um after the first season of of after the first season of Mandalorian, and we, we got that new season of Clone Wars, we got to see. Bo-Katan return and then season two of Mandalorian came out she was in it and when we saw more Fennec Shand and the, the second season and now she is in Bad Batch so I think um uh, I, I I think they're slowly kind of transferring characters from each show so then they get more story because you know um that's something great about like all these shows being connected is that they can do that so I think there's a chance that we might see Omega or or some other characters from the show show up in the book of Boba Fett. As much as I would love to see Omega, I think Cad Bane has a better chance because I think he has a score to settle with Fennec Shand. Yeah, I agree with the the Boba, or not the the Cad Bane theory. I think he'll yeah. return. And seeing Cad Bane live action, bro, I, I I would just be like, all right, man, I'm done. Like this is awesome because. Cad Bane is is such a such a cool character. I like I I mean he and when and what what I was blown away with is that you know he did fight um a couple of Jedi in the Clone Wars and and he you know did pretty well for himself and then he goes and fights Fennec Shand and, and he struggles. So I think that 
I, I, I think we'll, you know, get more of a backstory of like the real canon way of how he got that plate on his head. And I think it is from Boba Fett. And I hope that, you know, th- that we see a flashback in Bad Batch. But if, but if we saw a flashback, you know, in the book of Boba Fett, where like where like the young version of him, like, you know, fights him, I think that would blow people away. Um, because of like those like small details is, you know, is what brings a lot of people in. Um, and, and I could just see, you know, like the live action version of Boba Fett, you know, like in a flashback scene where they have like a Western shootout, because now I feel like they're like kind of leaning towards more of that old Western, the old samurai stuff, um, because of those elements in star Wars, um, is what really inspires it. So I think that, you know, like that, that would bring a lot of people in. And seeing more Boba Fett, more Cad Bane stuff, I mean, that's something I wanted to see um, after I heard about that deleted scene that that got released online like years ago, like, you know, over five years ago. But yeah. Cool. So Acolyte News dropped and Leslie ah. Headland did an interview. Yeah, that's a picture of her. So I just wasn't ready for it. I was like, <laughs> why is this? Okay. Hi, Leslie. Continue. Hello, Matt. What? <laughs> Don't do that. Um, not her voice is going to be like so, David in my uh, head. Now. So this story is going to, you know, show like a Sith character, right? Like the, the, multiple the, Sith okay. characters during the High allegedly Republic. during the end the, of the High Republic. During the end of the High Republic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that means that that they're going into the phases of. Um, of the Phantom Menace and into kind of what we see. And I think that would be like the end of the show of, of them kind of doing like the whole console thing. We see, you know, Yoda, maybe young version of Mesa Windu or something in the show. Now is, is this going to be live action or is this going to be animated? It's going to be live action. It is going to be live action. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. Like... Okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be animated. If it's live action, that changes everything. Okay. Continue. Okay. Matt, can you verify that? Because I've heard yeah. people say that to me. And it's like, what? But no, uh, Leslie Hadlin, she is uh, one of the uh, people that helped create uh, Russian Doll on Netflix, which is live live action. action. It is live action. You're correct. Oh, that changes everything. Okay. So, yeah. So she did a podcast, I believe, the AV Club, and she she was answering questions that they had in regards to Star Wars or process and what's, uh, what's going to happen. A little bit of background on her. Uh, she said, my relationship with Star Wars probably runs a span of most of my life, and it has changed over the decades, which I think mine has done and probably everyone else's. When I was younger, I, I devoured the films on home video and absolutely loved them. Just a deep connection to the original trilogy, which is great. That's music to my ears. Uh, when I was in middle school, I read some novels like Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire, and I also and also got into it that way. So, So, yeah, she has information on uh, the legacy stuff that I think some of our previous directors didn't and didn't really care for. Um, She says she also played some Star Wars RPGs, and that's my favorite version of Star Wars, a Star Wars where you get to make up your own Star Wars. So when people are like, what's your favorite film? And that's your favorite piece of media. I'm like, I just really love the RPGs. To me, that's what Star Wars is, is being able to walk into a universe and start playing. If you can't do that with a movie, television show, novel, comic book, video game, then I'm not sure you've done what you need to do as a creator of Star Wars material. And the other kind of 
kind of interesting excerpt is um, that she addressed what kind of people will be writing on the show and creating on the show. And she said, first of all, I really wanted people that were different than me. I certainly didn't want a room full of people that were just agreeing with me vehemently, which I totally agree with. That's the way to go. Uh, not ideologically, uh, but artistically, uh, people that kind of had different writing styles or were interested in different things, all of that kind of stuff. But were, but there was a certain intention in terms of putting together a room that I felt like were people that I hadn't been in a room with before, if that makes sense. I totally agree with that. I think that's absolutely the way she should go. Um, she also said, I literally had one writer that was like, I have never seen Star Wars before. I've never seen any Star Wars media. And she was, uh, she got a text before the meeting and it said, she was like, Luke and Leia are brother and sister. What the? (laughs) (laughs) So I I totally agree with this. I I think that you need to bring in people from all walks of life to work on Star Wars. People that haven't seen Star Wars, people that, barely know what star wars is like hardcore fans i mean you have to have yeah people from all kinds of walks of life to work i on think this. it's kind of a gamble not to have i mean i mean i mean because of they like definitely did that in the past where they didn't have anyone who worked on star wars like you know be part of the team but if you don't have a general idea of what star wars is and then you do it then you might get a result of what the last jedi was where you like didn't even you know kind of go off the blueprint and that's that's my only worry about it. But what's nice about, you know, the High Republic era is that it's completely new. So they have more freedom with it because we're not because they're not doing stuff with main characters that we grew up with and loved. Um, so I think they got more freedom with it. Do you honestly think they are going to have some type of Skywalker tie in, David? Like, really? Yoda in a roundabout see. way, because um, I guess possible spoilers for the acolyte uh apparently there was a report this past week that uh we are gonna finally get to see darth plagueis in live action and that that's a rumor and we fans have been asking darth plagueis the wise right right so and that leads to maybe seeing young palpatine hopefully tom Hiddleston. Uh, on screen, that would be awesome, that and maybe Plagueis's master, Darth Tenebris. If, if 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 Tom Hiddleston came in and played, you know, young Palpatine, I would just, I I I would be blown away because of, I mean, um, uh, I mean, we already have Michael Waldron working on another Star um, project. I know a lot of people thought that you know in the Rise of Skywalker that Matt Smith was was going to play young Palpatine, but but, but then he was supposed to play the brother, and then you know that whole kind of script. Then he didn't of, show up like at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but I like that you know this is going to have more freedom with it. I just hope it. I mean, because of more stuff that isn't directly tied into the Skywalker saga, I think that's great. But David, I like you. I like your theory because of it kind of dived into the possibility of diving more into what the chosen one prophecy really is. Cause we do not know technically what the actual prophecy says, like, like uh, of word to word. 
Mm-hmm. And we also don't know if Anakin was accurately predicted as the chosen one. Right, right. It's just like, speculated. We have no idea. So at the same time, this is great, but they got to be careful because if they don't do it right, then uh, and and they end up kind of you know saying that you know for some reason Anakin isn't, then that's going to throw everything off. Like the I don't know. entire saga will be thrown off because of it. Um, uh, the only of- thing, the only thing that's going to be thrown off is. Anakin's uh, excessive abilities and like bordering on being overpowered uh, is it's justified by saying he's the chosen one. So like Anakin can fly a ship perfectly at age nine and blow up a trade federation ship because he's the chosen one. So if you say, if you make it that he's not the chosen one, he's going to become much more of a Mary Sue. Gary Sue. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I think that it would throw off because yeah. there are several people uh, who were um, like in the Jedi Temple who didn't think that Anakin really was the chosen one. And, so, yeah, and and, and, and Obi Wan only I, believed it because he trusted in Qui Gon. In Qui Gon, we don't know why he believed it. Um, so, I don't think it's ever like really confirmed that he is or isn't. Um, I know some people think that the dyad of Rey and Kylo were the chosen one. But George Lucas did state that he was the chosen one. Yeah, but also... he is the chosen one. Also, he did say that Luke was going to be the chosen one. I'm the chosen one. From a certain point of view, but George Lucas's actual, like, statement and, 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 and his whole... Thing throughout the original saga was that Anakin was the real chosen one. But now that Disney has changed everything with these new characters, there might be a different <laughs> possibility. But this was not the original um, plot of the Skywalker saga. Once they added Ray and everything, which I, I love Ray, I'm not dissing Ray or anything. Um, uh, Careful. The, um, uh, the, come after you. Hang on. Ray is literally on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but um, uh, but as as soon as soon as Ray was added, it changed the entire like like the entire way we look at things. And 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 again, I like Ray's character. I have nothing against her or anything like that. Um, but I think Anakin will always be the chosen one. And 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 I think what they did in the sequel f- films was they they kind of contradicted themselves. Um, because of now we have to you know, you know rethink. Um. Okay. Why um, uh, we uh we uh, have to rethink, you know, about you know the rest of the saga because of the Emperor's back in Episode Nine, which was not in the original script. Like that was not in the original Episode Nine script. Like, um, it was supposed to, um, not be him as the main villain. It was always supposed to be Kylo. But then when Ryan Johnson, you know, did what he did in the Last Jedi, it changed everything, and I and they had Ryan to redo Johnson. everything. So, so um, back to what you had said a bit earlier, um, having a writer that knows absolutely nothing about Star Wars, you were a little concerned that like they don't know like the br- blueprint and may not follow it. But I don't think that's as big of a concern because that was a concern with The Last Jedi, but that's right. because it was in the context of a whole series. So and you I have an established that, yeah. blueprint. But right. with a new TV show, there isn't really a blueprint. There's the no. Star Wars lore and like the kind of genre, but that's really the only blueprint you have. You don't have to follow any sort of specific yeah. kind of story or style. 
So I think it, I think it's a, a good thing having someone who doesn't know everything about Star Wars because it's not like they're going to be the sole writer. It's not no. going to be like everything's up to them. They're part of the writing team and they might be able to offer um, a point of view that people who are really deep into Star Wars might not see. Right. So, and I, I mean, and, and, and you're right because of, they've got more freedom because it is not like the main um, Skywalker story. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have it, to flow with anything no, else. No, no, it, it It really can be its own thing. And, and that's, what's nice about it. But I was just comparing the, the Ryan Johnson stuff because of that's where fans kind of, kind of was like, wait, like, what did I just watch? But now with this new show coming out, they got more freedom because it takes place way before. So they can add whatever they want to as long in the end it does connect in some way. So if they end up, for example, if they end up saying, you know, um, that, uh, that, you know, that Anakin's not the chosen one and, and, and they end up choosing someone else, then that's going to contradict what the entire Skywalker saga is. Do you think that the, with the Acolyte, they might take any uh, inspiration from any of the Timothy Zahn novels that have come out about the High Republic era? <clears throat> Say that one more time. Pat. The the like the book the the Height of the Republic or the, the Light of the Republic with uh, that was written by uh, Timothy Zahn, or was it Timothy? What? What? Well, I, no, Timothy Zahn has written anything for okay, the High yeah, Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's I, all I, been... I, I was thinking about that. I was like, he. he what what is the name it. of that author? Uh, I know there's like Kayvon Scott, uh, Justina Ireland, yeah. um, uh, da, 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 da. Daniel Jose Alder, um, and of course, oh, Charles Soule. That's yeah. How did I get Timothy Zahn out of that? I'm killing myself today. So, Anyways, yeah. yeah. So what Ray was saying, it doesn't really connect with anything. I don't think it it connects with the High Republic novels and comics that are being written. But I mean, it's not as precious to fans out there. Right. And I, I think it's it's not. They have a lot more leeway. And and I know the canon rules are whatever you see in TV shows and films kind of supersede what's in the novels and comics so they they do have more wiggle room to do pretty much whatever they want but going back to that writer that knows nothing about star wars that's not to say that they're not going to do a massive amount of research and read and watch everything star wars related because i'm pretty sure they are just to kind of get a grasp and to kind of get in that proper headspace that every star wars creator really needs to get into see so i think that's like, not a word for when, me when they when they uh, hire someone on that has limited to no experience in the Star Wars universe, and then just before they go into the production or the pre-production phases of a project, they just swarm themselves with Star Wars, you know, like content. Yeah. I I feel like I don't understand why they would go through that because like they were brought on for the specific reason that they don't know that much about Star Wars, and I was under the impression that the people who are also on the production team that know tons or everything about Star Wars would be the ones that would be constantly be checking them. And I think that it would be counterproductive for those people who know little to nothing about Star Wars to load themselves up with everything Star Wars that they can prior to getting their hands deep or knee deep or however deep they want to go into 
like the character development or the plot or the the the, yeah. the script writing i think that those kinds of those kinds of minds should stay ignorant in in that fashion that the ones who know about star wars will be the ones correcting what they what they do but yeah. i think that like having someone not know anything about star wars in the development and then to then go in learn everything about star wars is counterproductive in that fashion that i think that they should be the ones that give an outside concept into a world that is obviously run by star wars fanatics that i think that the reason why why um uh what's her name hired all those people on that don't know anything about star wars is for the that exact reason they don't know yeah thank you <laughs> that they don't know anything about star wars and that their their unique points of view and their the way that they perceive the Star Wars based off of like pop culture and other people mentioning it in their lives is is important. And I don't think that those people should go out of their way to learn things about Star Wars in which because that that will alter the way that they may have that they may produce the the pre production phases of the Star Wars project that they're being hired to work on. That being the acolyte. Yeah, so it's really yeah. a lot like our podcast. I mean, I'm a huge original trilogy fan. Colin's mm-hmm. a huge Clone Wars prequels fan. Matt, you're pretty much the same. Yeah. Ray's super into costuming, and she knows a lot about Star Wars in general. I mean, it's I mean, it, that's the beauty of having a creative project is you have different people that know different things. You all come together, and we all have something to contribute. But I guess when well, you mention it in that fashion, is it such a bad thing for you, David, to to suddenly overnight learn everything there is about the prequels because you still maintain the headspace that you are an original trilogy fan. Would your, the concepts that you have around the Star Wars universe change depending on how much you learn about different aspects of the universe? Well, like Leslie said in the interview uh, during the span of her life, her viewpoint on Star Wars constantly changes. And that's where I kind of really, got into the article when she said that because it's changed because when you're a little kid, you don't know a lot about life. Right. And Star Wars is a lot about life and, and just mythology. And when I grew up finally and the prequels came out, I kind of went back and reexamined what I watched in Star Wars. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it relates so much to Asian culture and, an ancient myth, and it's like, wow, there's actually a lot of depth to Star Wars, mm-hmm. and that's what I think made me kind of re-fall in love back with Star Wars, aside right. from the cool lightsabers and the cool spaceships and the cool characters. There's always that, that child. Yeah, aspect. yeah. So there's all- there's like a surface level that you fall in love with, but there's also like this deep kind of story like and man. detail. Yeah. We also don't know if this person was hired specifically because they don't know a lot about star wars or if they hired this writer who just didn't happen to so they could be brought on just because they're an an amazing writer Mm -hmm. or they could be brought on because they don't know a lot i'm leaning towards they were brought on because they're an amazing writer um and then now they're doing their research yeah um that could yeah that could just as equally be the case i guess and the, the with the line of thought that i'm going along with i think that like I said before, I think that there is this concept of uh, an individual who has been very limited, if not none, to the Star Wars universe, bringing them in and seeing what they could create uh, within the boundaries of the Star Wars uh, that exists now. But they're creating a world that we have 
we've not we have no exper- prior experience to with with the exception of the one monologue where Palpatine is explaining you know the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. Uh, so, but there there's a, there's a whole new world out there that we're not that we have no experience in other than like the Star Wars the Skywalker saga. We're going outside of the reins and outside of the bounds that we previously thought existed. And to have someone on the team creating that world that we don't know yet that knows little to nothing about Star Wars, I think is a, is an advantage in that they are providing a point of view that no one from within the Star Wars universe could have seen. They, they don't have that point of view because obviously they're inside of it, so they can't. I just think that Leslie is making a very smart and conscious decision hiring what very well could be hired for just the fact that they're an amazing writer and that they have to as Ray said, just learn about the universe that they're going to be creating. But also I think that Leslie is also taking in the fact that she's creating uh, a systematic universe outside of the one that we already know. And she has to find a way to find connections in between them and create something that didn't exist before to a fan base that for a majority of them are very compliant and fixed. Like there are those who think that the original trilogy is the best and nothing will ever top that. There are those who think that the prequels are garbage. There are those who think that all Star Wars is amazing, as we all do here. And I just think that Leslie is making a consciously smart decision hiring someone who has little to no experience with Star Wars and creating a world that we don't know yet. I think that she's smart in that aspect. Which is why I'm super excited for a live action uh, Sith or Sith-based, you know, television show that, uh, according to like uh, like interviews, is going to be a very female-centric show that takes place in the High Republic, and that's something that we have yet to see before. We haven't seen uh, a, a plot point that is led by that of a female-based cast or a, a strong Sith that is also female and also representing uh, characters that have only been very likely or very little referenced, like Darth Plagueis. There's a I, lot that we have to look at. If if it is a show that's predominantly female-led, I am very excited because it is going to make a lot of people very upset. Because a <laughs> lot of people don't like Ray in the sequels because okay. it's female-led. They don't quite realize that, but because Luke and Ray have a lot of parallels, and all the things that they hate about Ray is stuff that they love about Luke. There's only one real difference, which is their gender. Um, so a female-led project is not going to sit well with a lot of people, and that makes me happy. <laughs> Ruffling the feathers of people who uh, are very conformed to a specific gender role. That's mm-hmm. very fun to see them like, what? And I'm like, shut up. Yeah, because yeah. the sequels upset the the Star Wars norm because like the original trilogy is led by Luke with Han and Leia, mm-hmm. then the prequels is led by Anakin with Obi Wan and Padme, mm-hmm. but the sequels is led by Rey with two male with Finn and Poe uh, backing. So it kind of like shifted that, and I don't think a lot of people appreciated. Now we're gonna it. See not like... a lot. I don't think some people appreciated yep. that, and I would be really intrigued to see what happens if Star Wars tries something like that again. Um, if it goes over the same way or better or worse. I'm going to be excited about it regardless. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. 
I think that a live action uh high sorry high republic era based off of like the Sith is gonna be it's gonna be amazing regardless of which genders controls it. I don't think that that should be something that people have to think about. I don't I I don't I don't care what gender this Darth Plagueis is. No one cares. Well, and the people that do care are the people that <laughs> I don't no, care I'm to talk about. <laughs> Darth Plagueis is female. We just don't know yet. And like, <laughs> like when Michael Waldron comes in, he's like, you know, Loki can be a girl. Huh? Huh? Loki's well, a shapeshifter. He can do yeah. what he wants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? no, like, I, exactly. I mean, we'll definitely talk about that on the Marvel Stuff podcast. Oh, I've got words. Of, there is, yeah. Because <laughs> there got is so chapters, much I imagine. There. But anyways, um, uh, this show is supposed to start filming in February of 2022. Yeah. So yeah. it's coming up pretty quick. You know, um, we are going to get all these live action shows. And um, and I think I think 2023, I think the lineup we have right now is is Rogue is Rogue Squadrons. Um, the show we're talking about uh, and then Lando. And I think that's it as of right now. Um, but most likely we'll wear no. Um, Ahsoka as well, I think, right? Yes, yeah. we're probably getting Ahsoka in 2023. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, so we'll have four Star Wars projects confirmed as right now, but that's not including, you know, you know, like the animated shows, like you know, maybe <laughs> a second season of Bad Batch or, or, um, or more stuff from Visions, but we'll like definitely probably have the the new yeah, Star I Wars think, games yeah. out by then like the open world Star Wars game they'll definitely be out by then yeah. um uh and and maybe season 3 of the Mandalorian too so there is a lot to look forward to in the next couple of years involving the world of Star Wars it's going to be exciting the world of Star Wars is bright mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, uh, we weren't able to release a podcast last uh, Monday due to the fact that I was preparing to go on our family vacation. So um, yeah, right when I got back from Galaxy's Edge uh, last a month ago in May for Star Wars Day, Star Wars Week. That was um, awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was great seeing Matt, Colin, Brooke, Sam, and then Craig. I was actually just friend. wearing that shirt that your wife made us like yesterday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that shirt. So yeah, when I came back, I asked my wife, what do you want to do for... Uh... She actually asked me, what are we going to do for vacation? You just went to Galaxy's Edge. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I mean, do you want to go back to Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> <laughs> well, me go back. And she was like, yeah, sure. We'd like to go and ask my kids. They said they'd like to check it out. So um, we saw something for Universal Studios pop up, which we hadn't gone to yet. So we decided to do that. It was during um, uh, that they, they were doing a run of specials on on uh, four day packages. So we yeah. picked that, and then we chose Spirit Airline again, which I talked about in the past. They were decent. I mean, they were pretty good. Uh, I've heard bad stories about them in the past, and I've seen others get. Look at you uh, plugging no- Spirit Airlines in the podcast. <laughs> Let's sponsor get us. that sponsor Spirit. Well, well, if we're gonna hold on, man. Hold on, man. <laughs> yeah, He's like, wait, wait a minute. second, man. Before he... I will fight on so, frontier. Do so, not. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And it was because we're not doing any flights Oof. or anything. Just when 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 we put this online, we are deleting everything that Matt just said. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> That's fix it normal. in post. Fix it in post. <sighs> yes. Also, well, yeah, I'll probably leave it in. But anyway, Spirit, I was uh, scheduled to come back Thursday. 
And then all of a sudden they changed my flight to uh, having a layover in Atlanta, Georgia for like six hours from 11.30 p.m. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to make my family sleep in, a, in an airport during our vacation. So we just extended our vacation to Saturday. So we had a free day on Friday. So my hope was to go to Galaxy's Edge on that Friday. And of course, we all know that you need reservations and they sell out really quick. So that date was blocked out. So I was asking Colin and Brooke, hey, can you hook me up with tickets or something? You work there. And they said, no, we nope. can't. Nope. Uh, and you got to uh, do uh, maybe maybe check the website, refresh. And I went to we actually got a hotel at Disney Springs. So I was able to walk from my hotel room to uh, guest relations and talk to them. And they said, no, you see the same thing we see on your phone when you. When you update for reservations, they may open up, but your chances are slim to none that it's going to happen. So I was kind of fine with the fact that I wasn't going to go to Galaxy's Edge, even though it was pretty much like right down the road. Um, and my kids wanted to go, but I kept on checking. And at two o'clock, it opened up. Reservations oh, opened Harper. up. I bought the tickets. Well, no, Brooke had a great idea. I, If she would have given me that idea weeks ago, I probably would have bought tickets for Epcot and would have gone to Epcot and then park hopped at 2 p.m. Well, that's what I thought you were going to do, like get like Animal Kingdom. Everything was sold out. All reservations were gone. All reservations were gone. So I had to wait. And I was simply refreshing every about 30 minutes to an hour just seeing. But I already told myself it's cool if I don't go. But uh, we got the tickets and I ended up going. And uh, it was awesome. So (laughs) thanks. So, yeah, I got to go. Uh, and at Disney Springs, though, when I was checking for the tickets, I actually ran into the founder of the 501st, Alvin Johnson, and I took this picture with him Alvin at the Johnson. store. So me and Colin actually met him for the first time in 2017 at the gala that they had where Weird Al Yankovic yeah. sang at. Wait, wait, at- whoa, whoa, whoa. Is, um, I was going to say, oh, okay. This is the Star Wars. Um, it's it's not the Star Wars Trading Post, but it's the other one that is close Outpost? to the, the yeah, yeah, it's next the to the Marvel Outpost. store. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, yeah, yeah. He was oh, buying Disney something, Springs, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So yeah, I ran into him there. We talked for a little bit. He said, "Yeah, he's ready to come on the podcast whenever we want him." <laughs> so um, yeah, that's yeah. Alvin Johnson, the founder of the Five Hundred First. So that was <laughs> awesome. So we got to go on Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon. I took this cool picture here. Uh, of uh, So my daughter sat, my youngest daughter sat in the, I think, solo seat. And my wife sat in the chewy seat. And they did a pretty good job. Um, the ride didn't end like really quick or anything. We got all the way through. I'll say your daughter and wife didn't crash like instantly. <laughs> and we're good. Okay, cool. So yeah, and we got to drink some blue and green milk. Here's a picture of my daughter drinking blue milk. She liked it. Uh, the green milk, I tried for the first time. I didn't get to try it during Star Wars week, Star mm. Wars Day. So I did like the green milk better than blue. I wish it was the really? other way. Wow. Okay. Me kind of like, what? <laughs> no, no. I, I I, mean, I've always been a, I mean, I love classic. So so as soon as the, as, as soon as they announced that they were doing the blue and green, I was like, all right, I'm going for blue. Right. And I loved it. And then I tried green and I was like, now it's it's blue all the way but everyone's got their own preference yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah and my wife will love blue more than green so yeah. yeah there's that and of course uh the final famous person that i met in my journey um Ooh. oh oh i think i know who it is 
Oh, darn it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Max Rebo because if I saw you take a picture of him, but she's a lot better. I love you, sweetie. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I had this plan because I knew she was working in uh, the Star Wars gift shop after you get off the of Star Tours. So I had this whole plan where I was going to surprise her there, but she wasn't there. So at the very end of the day, Colin texted me. He's like, she's either there or another spot. So we were just randomly walking in the park and I was just looking around and I see her at the frozen merchandise or whatever so yeah she was there i totally surprised her she didn't see me oh the the frozen sing-along show is that where she was uh it was where they sell the merch exit of it yeah okay yeah Yeah, like right in the center of disney spring or not hollywood studios okay she is she's right next to the indiana jones stunt show area so so it's like that shop and then the indiana jones stunt show shop is right there so she's like right in the area yes i remember this very well yep so yeah, that was pretty much the last full day of my vacation. Like I said, I went to Universal Studios. I did the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which is really, really good. It's screen accurate. It you, made uh... me kind of wish Galaxy's Edge was the same way, screen accurate to the movies. Um, kind of made me jealous. But yeah, that was all cool. We had a great time. I think it was our best family vacation we've ever taken. We had a lot of lucky ride? breaks. Yeah, I got on it three times. The first time, they oh, wouldn't let me get on it because the restraint wouldn't close. And I figured that I had a bunch of stuff in my pockets. I had my wallet. I am uh, surprised. How'd they let you take those? Yeah, I'm Because you're, you're supposed you to, like, empty your pockets. Locker. Yeah. On that ride, they don't tell you that. They only tell you to put up your big stuff. But, yeah. I mean, when you use a locker, you need you need your ticket to mm-hmm. rescan to open the locker. And I just right. didn't want to have a paper ticket in my pocket maybe fly away. I don't want to stick in my sock or something. I get all soggy with sweat or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I did ask. I was like, should I take like stuff out of my pockets? He's like, I'd recommend you take any loose objects, hats, yeah. uh, like anything you you think you could lose, put it in the locker. And I was like, oh, yeah. I could lose anything. Yeah. So I put everything in the locker. And those lockers are small. So I was like playing Tetris, trying to get my bag in there. Well, they have large size lockers. And I did small. not get lucky because those were yeah. all like, boop, boop, boop. And they're like, here's your yeah. locker. And I was like, but I want that one. They're like no, yeah. But for for the large lockers, you got to pay. I think for Mm -hmm. the small lockers, you don't. No, those are all complimentary. And then the larger ones for like yeah. uh, And the the only back to the Star Wars stuff podcast. (laughs) The only exception (laughs) is if you have like medical aid equipment that needs to be like stored. Uh, So and I was like, oh, I don't have like the respirator that I need to put in there. So I guess not. So yeah, long story short, I've been to Galaxy's Edge twice now. That's all. There you go. What a good (laughs) vacation. I mean, I've yeah. gone 11 times, but, you know. Uh... What do you live there, Colin? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, he literally just went on a whim, like, last week with his I know. Yeah, it he's was like, great. let's go it to Galaxy's so Edge. Cool. I was like, I'm at work. Yeah, yeah, no. We uh, um, uh, we uh, just saw some openings. We were like, hey, let's go. And we ended up uh, getting some blue milk, and we ended up uh, going on Smuggler's Run. And, and, and I conquered Star Tours. That's a hard thing to do, to go to every planet and then also get the Rebel Spy. And it was really funny because of I was talking to a cast member, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've done everything except crate, and top I've right, never top been right the rebel corner, spy. Right. Top yeah, left corner, so, yeah." So, um, uh, so we, uh, so we ended up going in, and and we got you know all the main sequel stuff because we ended up going to Jakku, crate, and then the final thing was Exegol, um, uh, and then we ended up going to. Um, uh, and then the end was actually going to Galaxy's Edge, and then I was a Rebel Spy, and I was like, "This is great! Like, like it all happened at once." And and they don't they don't have the like they don't have the buttons or the stickers anymore that says I was the Rebel Spy, so they ended up uh, 
So I, I don't know. I saw that. I noticed that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm celebrating. <laughs> I was the rebel spy. But uh, um, but yeah, no, no, <laughs> that experience was pretty cool. So yeah, I did cool. buy a few things button. that I'll show you if you're watching on YouTube. You can see I bought the Mythosaur skull. Yeah, from the marketplace. I think it's uh, from Regal Robot. It's it's pretty awesome. You can actually, it's very detailed. You can see how, the teeth how dense is it? Is it like heavy? Yeah, uh, not too heavy. It's uh, got the little like teeth there to hang up on the wall. Yeah, that's so cool. So, yeah, that's I got cool. that. I We're also, gonna put that uh, somewhere on the wall, maybe behind me on the shelves. I don't know. I'm still, yeah, um, I got the cup also. They're like super out of stock on, on the lightsabers, too. Yeah. Um, so nice. Uh, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still um, mad about that. I'm still mad. Uh, because of the other day when we were there, I think they were only like four four lightsabers on the shelf, and I was blown away by it. I, I, I was like, really? Is this all you got? And they're like, yeah. We've been out of stock for a while. I'm like, that's crazy. So, but yeah. And I also bought these that I'm about to open right here on the podcast. So, um <gasps> These An are unboxing on the podcast. Yes, yes, for the very first time. Only our YouTube watchers can really experience this in full <laughs> HD. Stars yeah, seven seven twenty, but yeah, okay, yeah, it's HD. So yeah, so the red crystals, um, oh, one yeah. out of okay. every like twenty are black. Did you buy one? I bought two. Okay, all right. Now this oh. is really important because honestly, it's a rare thing to get a black yeah crystal. So I do. I do have my lightsaber right here that I built at Savi's workshop, and I chose a purple crystal. Yeah, let me see that hilt. Great, great. That's oh, she cute. There you go. Oh wait, hang on here. Here comes Ray. I just saw her lean down for a lightsaber. (laughs) No, sorry, I dropped something. (laughs) Her lightsaber. It's Luke's. So. Yeah, I tore off the plastic already. I haven't opened these yet, but I'm going to open them now. Open, so it, I'm gonna open, open it, open it, open it, open right. it, open it. No, 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 no. When you open it, you have you to put it up it. to the camera. I want to see it. Okay. Yeah. I want to see you untwist it. <laughs> Sorry. Is it red? <laughs> yeah, it's red. Okay. All right. You got All right. one more. All, All right. right. So here goes the other one. Drum roll, everyone. Ready? You have a one in 40 chance. One in 40 chance. Okay. Nope. Oh, <laughs> stinks. Pull it out. I know someone. It's like um, a golden ticket for Willy Wonka. Yeah, it kind yeah. of is. So yeah, I now I can actually put this in my lightsaber, and it should light up red, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Go I'm ahead and try that. So pop that purple boy right out. Now, and put the purple. red one in. Yeah. All right. If I can get to it, how long is it going to take for me to open this thing, though? I, I um, don't know, but um... maybe you should have rehearsed this before. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Am... Please stand by. Well, I was gonna say because of right yeah. now, you know, people who are listening to the podcast won't be able to actually. Yeah, see I'm gonna this. I'm gonna narrate this. David, he he is eagerly trying to open the compartment <laughs> so that he can get to his Kyber Crystal Containment Center, so he can take out the purple one and put in the red. And there's um, a reason why this is called the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. I'm just noticing his 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 nice haircut. Very and clean. now you're getting a phone call. Okay. Yeah. Right, no, that's guys. the lightsaber. No, that's when you put the kyber oh, really? crystal in. There's, yeah. there's, there's that that sound effect. You know, like when you take the lightsaber blade out of yeah. the legacy ones and it makes that. You know, that's pretty accurate. I want to say that right now. <laughs> but yeah, they have like these cool little sound effects. Like when you like open the compartment and put a new one in, and it's like it like recognizes it. And it's like. Mm-hmm. Right. Here we go. Turn it on. There you go. Wow. It works. Now, 
how does that work with just the it's got a it's color. got like a sensor chip inside of it and it, like the the LEDs already exist inside the lightsaber itself. Okay, all right. The the actual answer is that to to make a to make okay. a kyber crystal bleed. Okay, get out. No, that's not what I'm be... asking. I know how that works. <laughs> you guys are ruining the magic. It's just a crystal you and put it in the lightsaber crystal. and it turns on. Yeah. So you can see the chip inside of it. Uh, okay. Ray, if you, like when you hold wow. it up, there's there's okay. a chip inside of it, and like when you put it inside the lightsaber, um, it senses which signal you're giving off, and it just tells which LED to turn on. Or huh. it's or it's just this crystal used with within the force. All right, put in this. Okay, <laughs> Colin. Yeah, Minnie Mouse is actually a guy wearing a costume. Ha! Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, if you get a black crystal, it's still gonna be red, right? Ah. Mm. Uh... It's not gonna be black, right? Well, I mean, there's the dark saber. You never know. I don't know. I buy now in Galaxy's Edge. You can. And I hate. I don't like that they like announced that like the week after, like Star Wars. I was like, what are you doing? Why? Um, they are doing the lightsaber um from Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order too. So. Yeah, that was a, a a fan voting one from like yeah, a while and, ago. And, and then all of a sudden they were like, and we've got Rays, and we've got Leia's, and we've got uh, the, the Dark Saber. Saber. And, and I'm like, just like, then why did you have that whole like voting thing? Like, what's going to be the lightsaber this year? Uh-uh. We're doing this year? four. Yeah, I mean, That's just on. within the first six months. Watch them drop like a couple more. Uh, like, here's yeah. Maze Windows. Like. Yeah, well, yeah, I just want them yeah. on the Disney store. That's that's all I want. Yeah, I want um, Rays on the Disney store. Well, because of Mace, I don't think Mace Windows is in stock anymore. I think it, it's not. I don't think it is currently, but I it was when we were there on May fourth. I do remember yeah. that because I was like, yeah. that's pretty cool. All right, is there any other Star Wars stuff we need to talk about? Uh, there's some rumors we can talk about. Did you guys have time for that? A couple rumors. I got a couple minutes. Yeah, a okay. couple, couple minutes for a couple rumors. We're gonna make that a segment on the podcast. Okay, but before we do that, minutes, yeah. I know some people don't want to hear that stuff. So I'll just uh talk about our Patreon, Star Wars Stuff Podcast, two one eight seven, YouTube, of course, Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We mentioned it several times. We're on Twitter at Stuff Pod, Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast, and of course we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Now for the rumors that you've all been waiting for. So there's a rumor out there that uh, it's gaining some traction and uh, some uh, sources I trust are talking about it more frequently here is the fact that Luke Skywalker will be showing up in the book of Boba Fett. But why? What would he be doing there? He is he's doing his own thing like he's trying to find, you know, other other Jedi, like 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 other force sensitive, you know, kids to 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 restart the order at this point. It wouldn't make sense for him to, you know, get tangled with with Boba Fett because then, like, what? Is he just going to be, you know, wearing, like, his thing and he's going to carry, carry like, Grogu on his chest and be like, Boba Fett, like, let's duel. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me why Luke would show up. Well, it makes sense because of the long, like, kind of leave, the, the long absence of the Mandalorian. I mean, it's it's going to be cool to see Luke and Grogu. I mean, you assume Grogu's going to show up, too, if Luke's going to show up. Yeah, uh, unless it's going to be... Right here. Unless it's going to be from, like, a different point of view where they show Boba surviving the Sarlacc pit. If they're showing that, that's nothing really new, because we've seen that scene in Return right. of the Jedi. 
So as, I mean, as we I, don't I, have much context to it, but that's the rumor that Luke okay. will appear in Bo- Book, Book of Boba Fett. As as long as he's not showing up just to show up, because I don't like it when they just put things in there just to do it. Favreau like, and Filoni are in charge. I totally trust him. I know. I, I trust so, him too. I'm just saying. I just don't want them. I just don't want him to be in it just to be in it. Like yeah, just, and the wouldn't... other rumor, Obi Wan Kenobi, which I'm pretty much taking as gospel at this point, is the fact that he will be fighting someone other than Darth Vader with a lightsaber. And apparently the rumor is he's going to be fighting an, an Inquisitor. Yeah. So there's going to be a hunt oh, for cool. Obi-Wan. That's Jason, pretty cool. Jason Isaacs, who voiced the Grand Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebels, who also played um, uh, who played Lucius Mouthfoy in the Harry Potter movies, um, could totally come in and do live action Grand Inquisitor. This is like the prime of of the Empire, and the Inquisitors are in full swing right now during mm-hmm. during this period of the Empire. So it would fit in perfectly, and then that would be like a good way for like him to be like, "Oh, hey, you know, I just fought Obi Wan. Vader, tag me out," and then Vader comes in and hunts him down. Like that would be really cool to see. Tag me out. He's like, "I didn't do a good job. Can you help?" Well, yeah, dude, it's Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, come on, man. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> I do like Man. the Inquisitor idea far more than I do like the idea of Luke Skywalker showing up. All right, I thought you were going to say Max Rebo coming back, and I was like, "All right, he's you're obviously going to be there, dude. Come he's on, he's going to oh, be yeah. there I mean, at on, this man. point." Yeah, Lucasfilm has heard our podcast. I would say it's not my only enough. favorite character. I know Ray secretly, you know, loves Max Rebo as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> she signs off instantaneously. <laughs> She's like, She's like uh, "I gotta go." And on that note, no. No, if 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 anyone from Lucasfilm is listening, I would like to play Sabe, please. There, that's it. All right. Oh, nice. for doing plugs for that, I'd be anything, literally anything. I will be the puppeteer that just does Ooh. the arm stuff. Do you I know how to roll. puppeteer? I I I have tangled. I think you'd be better doing the leg world. operation because those are underneath, and I don't think you have. That much uh, skill with the. Th- 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 that was the old way they did it, but it's it's the old way, now. huh? Yeah. What's the yeah. new way? No, nah, that's well, all of the podcast. I don't want to hear. Yeah, it. I, I was gonna say you really <laughs> don't want me to go into like an hour podcast about. No, nah, we're already at two and fifteen. So, I want a yeah. remote control Jabba's eyes. Okay, there I said it. All right, <laughs> for Colin, Ray, and Matt, my name is David. May the force be with you. Always. Always.